Welcome to Voices for Conservation, a podcast series hosted by Volunteer Engagement at Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium. I'm Stacy Luring, Volunteer Engagement Coordinator and host for our staff chats. On this episode, we had a wonderful conversation with Lance Kirkman, Point Defiant Zoo and Aquarium's IT help desk, desk te- technician. We learned about his job and his passions in life. Our discussion was so fascinating that it went longer than expected, and unfortunately, in our editing process, we had to pare down our conversation. To find out more about some of the topics we talked about, such as reptile conservation, responsible pet ownership, and palm oil's impact on wild places, please check out the resource links we have included on the My Impact podcast page or within the email announcing this podcast. Thank you for listening, and I hope you, like me, get to know Lance a little better during this episode. On today's episode, I'm joined by Lance Kirkman, our help desk support technician here at Point Defiance Zoo and Aquarium. Lance, welcome, and thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to learn about you, Lance, and where you've been, what you do here, all sorts of stuff. So, first question I'm going to start with is, how long have you been here at the zoo? Kind of, what do you do? We all know that, you know, Lance is IT, but, but what does that mean? Uh, I've been here for 10 months and four days, because you know that's funny. Um, I <laughs> I keep the computers on. Um, you know, you remember the old commercials where they say we keep uh, we keep the lights on. Yeah. I keep the computers on. Um, as a help desk, my responsibility is to keep you working, keeping the computers working answering questions when things don't make sense. Uh, if you're assigned a task in Excel and it makes no sense to you, can I be a resource to you on how to do that? Can I find a how-to? Can I? Do I know how to do it? Or if I don't, can I find those resources to do it um, to help you out? Okay, so people have questions on tech, IT, computer stuff. Mm-hmm. They need to put it in the help desk and ask away, right? Absolutely. And see what happens. Cool. All right, so before... <clears throat> you coming here 10 months and four days ago. Uh, what did you do? And were there any kind of cool, interesting jobs that you've done in the past? Uh, I've been doing IT since college, really. Got hooked on it in high school and have done it since. But been doing help desk for other organizations. But really cool things I've done is uh, poured cider for D's Wicked Cider. Oh. Um, are there any other jobs that you've done in the IT world that were fun to work for, like a company that was fun to work to? Well, every every job I've done has been fun to work for. It's yeah. just what. So, like my first job was for Umqua Bank, and their IT team was literally in the. Every bank has an offsite place that is unmarked. You don't know that it's a bank. You don't know anything about it. It looks just like an industrial mm-hmm. building. Yeah. But for them, they're IT team is literally locked between double locked doors. Oh, wow. For some reason, we were in the finance room, which has to have double locked doors yeah. for all the safety protocols, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But for some reason, IT was also in back in that. And oh, so gosh. every day you go through double locked doors just to get to your own job. Like it was like no windows kind of room? Oh, like, absolutely. Just like in the, oh. I don't. This is the closest I've ever been to a window in my life. Wow. Most of the, most IT jobs don't have windows? No. Like. Oh. None of the jobs I've worked 
No, my first job was double locked door, so there was absolutely no windows because of course security. Right. And then the second job, we were in the basement and we were in the farthest back corner in an emergency. So I was a part of the emergency team. In an emergency, I had to clear everything, everybody out, which means I had to go to the farthest back of the underground part of the building. Oh, wow. And kick people out. I've never, in all of our drills and stuff, we never had anybody ever stuck back there. But yeah, I was the guy running backwards. <laughs> into the deepest part of the building that would be sure the last place is. for anybody to find me oh my to gosh. then kick everybody out and come out the side door but i'm still the one running in the deepest part of the building yes. okay um, so you appreciate that you have a view outside in absolutely your space okay natural well, sunshine awesome. i actually know what the weather is oh yeah that is pretty nice okay so what about your current job what surprised you or i don't know something you didn't really expect coming into this job the speed of life. I'm used to an environment where the employees are like 90% of their job to 100% of their job is computer focused. Oh, okay. And so if something on a computer breaks, it matters. Yeah. It's they like need I need it done, they gotta get back to work. Yeah. Here, I don't know, 90, 85% of the staff here, their life isn't computers. Right. Computers are more of a mandated thing in their life. Their life is animals. And so to lots of our staff, eh. There's nothing wrong with the computer. I'll get to IT someday. And then by the time they get the ticket in, then it's like, yeah, I'll get back to you when I get back to you. Right. Yeah. But their focus isn't that computer, right? Their yeah. focus isn't Word. I have to be in Word once a month. So Word broke last week. Yeah, I'll get to you. I'll follow up with you on their time. And right. that's unusual just because I'm used to that fast-paced life of my computer's down. I've got five deadlines. When can you get here? And this yeah. is more of a, huh, it broke. I'll get back to you when I can. And so does that, is that pace like better for you? Like, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be hard for me to decide which would be better. Like, I would say have, having come out of such a fast paced life, I have thrived for the last 10 years on that yeah. fast pace. Yeah. Like a lot of people called COVID insane. Uh, highly stressful, pull your brain hair out stuff. For me, it was just the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's because I thrive in that business. Okay. Uh, I am very good at being calm in the middle of the storm. And okay. so just though, what do we need to do? What's the next thing? How are we putting that fire out? How are we handling this? What's that creative thing we can do? Stopgap for that thing while we can take care of this. One of the fun things I did during COVID was as we started ramping up for response to COVID, I literally met with the team that was the, the, the temporary executive team for the temps that were going to be hired yeah. and said, we need to figure out onboarding, offboarding, and we need to streamline this as much as possible because we're not, we're built for a two week process for new hires. Oh, and if yeah. you're literally going to be 48 hours or less, yeah. we're not there. And so we need to streamline it and figure out how we're going to be there. So that you're not pulling your hat out yelling at us, why is your people not ready? And we're not yelling at you, why are you not giving us two weeks? Right. Yeah. And so getting all of that in place, because by the time we hit two years deep into COVID, yeah. it was old hat. Okay, we're going to switch from your job to more zoo-related stuff. So what conservation issue is near and dear to you? Reptiles. Oh, um, reptiles. Like in what sense? The radiated tortoises, the chameleons. It's really hard to tell an impoverished people that you sell, you harvesting animals out of your backyard 
and giving them to these guys who are going to pay you two or three years worth of right. money yeah. so that you're you at least have security for your family for two to three years if you spend it wisely. How do you tell them not to do that? Right. How do you tell them to quit tearing down forests to put up oil um, yeah, oil fields, oil plants, sorry, brain not working, um, that only last so long and then destroy the land? But if you had left your rainforest up, you would have had so many more resources and so much more available to you. Um, and especially now with the, the research from about, I think about five years ago, that said, hey, Madagascar's not two or three chameleons with about 15 subspecies. Mm. They're each a unique species. Oh. And so they just went from endangered to like, oh my gosh, endangered. Yeah. Because okay. now you're not, you don't have one group number saying this is one super species with a bunch of subs. Yeah. It's now they're each in one. And so uh, you just took this big, this yeah. big itty bitty little pizza and said, now let's chop into a thousand or 16 pieces. Yeah. And so I don't even know what the metrics for that would be, but you just literally oh, took an super endangered yeah. species to 16 utterly endangered populations. Species. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay. So reptiles is your passion and mm -hmm. you said you own reptiles. So what kind of reptiles do you own? I have, um, three ball pythons, uh, each expressing a different type of the albino. Oh, um, okay. That's kind of cool. Heterozymous uh, visuals. Yeah. Um, I have eight locality boas. So any other reptiles? You got New Caledonia geckos. I okay. have a pair of Lichianus, which is the world's largest gecko, wow. which we do have downstairs at KidZone. Oh, cool. um, and then Chihua, which are the slightly smaller and they live along the riverbeds. Okay. And then we have some gargoyles, which are the bush babies. Mm -hmm. And they've got, um, they tend to have three very pronounced spikes coming out of their head, mm -hmm. which gives them very much a gargoyle look. Oh. So which one is your favorite at home? Oh my. Uh, or are they all your favorites? I was going to say they're all, each one has a different <laughs> definition. Yeah. Uh, I love the green trees because they're great. The green tree pythons are a great just watch animal. Yeah. To watch them do their thing. Yeah. Um, the Chihua are so much fun because they're so personable. Okay. Um, and then any of the other snakes really are just fun because they're so small. Mm. I mean, every, you tell somebody a boa and they think 10, 20 foot snake and it's right. like, no. I mean, the biggest one is the boa constrictor, which they are the bigger, bigger of the ones, but even he is a part of the smaller clade that comes out of the area. Yeah. And so he's five foot. Oh, maybe okay. six foot at most, okay. maybe as thick as maybe a softball. Okay, so here on Zoo Grounds, what is your favorite animal resident? And you can do aquarium or you can do zoo and aquarium wide. The sand dollars. Mm, okay. I really enjoy, I love looking for sand dollars on the beach. Okay. And so to be able to come here and see our cool little yeah. Tide pool, cool little aquarium, whatever yeah. that, yeah. whatever they call that observation where the sand dollars are. Okay. Is really cool just because you don't ever find any alive. Yeah, no, you never see So you don't know what alive. they look like. You don't know how do they mm. move. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm always fascinated by sand dollar exhibits because that, because usually you just see that the circle is dead and yeah. So that's cool. Um, what about land animal? Bald eagle. Oh. Bald eagle, Tahoma. All right. Bald eagle's my favorite animal. Okay, so now here's the big question from the zoo. 
staff that most people have kind of inquired because we did a little survey of what do you want to ask Lance and they all want to know okay what's with the kilt and why kilts and so give us a little rundown okay so my at one point through college my brother had this really bad habit of you would look good in a Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> um, that's the story behind me having an earring. I actually had a friend or an acquaintance who I loaned money to. Never thought I'd see the money come back. And yeah. magically one day I had this letter, got a mail letter in the mail and yeah. $20. And so I went with my roommate to the mall and he went and bought his DVD and I went and got my ear pierced. And well, that's how why I have an ear pierced. Because <laughs> okay. it was a random thing to do. Um, my brother got, when I first moved up here in 2010, my brother started harassing me with like, you know, you look good in a kilt. Uh-oh. And the fun part with the word you yes. is you is never me, right? You is you. Yes. You're right. You would look great in it. <laughs> so you could have an endless circle of yous, yes. right? Because you're never talking about me or yeah. right. explicit yeah. naming. Um, and then when I started, um, they invited me to start losing or to join them with doing Weight Watchers in 2011. Mm-hmm. So we all joined Weight Watchers. My sister-in-law became pregnant, so they all stopped, and I just mm -hmm. didn't. Okay. Um, of course, hit one of the lines, one of those lines being up here in 2010 was, "Hey, you look great in a kilt. You know what? You would look great in a kilt. Yes, you would." Infinite circle. And one of the days, I just went up there and before a Sounders game and tried them on. And, oh, and yeah. that, when you're 320 pounds, a kilt and shorts aren't really different, other than bifurcation. Right. And really liked them, and so I got my first kilt somewhere in 2011 okay. and then as I lost weight I would go down until the back of the kilt was twisted yeah. ugly blatantly yeah yeah and then go by the low by whatever I now fit yeah to a size right below it and wear that down until I twist it was too yeah. ugly big so a, in the back so it was a way to help you yep yeah so it became a part of my weight loss story and so I ended up losing 170 ish pounds um, wow, congratulations. I made it down to 150 and a quarter and sat at 160 for years. And then the last year, well, two years, I've got losing my job and COVID. I just yeah, it's hard. started packing been, it on. Yeah. And so I've got to relose it again. And so there's no like family like connection in terms of the actual tartan or Scottish, whatever, um, like that. Or is there a connection there? No, in in general, no. Okay. But um, Kirkman is from the Isle of Kirk. Okay. Uh, we're part of the, so Kirkman, Kirkland, Kirk, obviously Russian. I never memorized that one, and there's yeah. one other that I can't think of at the moment. Yeah. We're all from the Isle of Kirk. Oh, Kirk, very Scottish. Yeah. So they have a tartan. Mm -hmm. I didn't take. I have a friend who gets lineage magazines and mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. and one of the mini magazines she got was about the Isle of Kirk. Oh, okay. And she loaned it to me for about two weeks, like 20-something years ago. Yeah. Before I was interested. And oh, now, now I, you're not sure. <laughs> and now I can't convince her to go through her Files storage unit to find, to find it for me. Yeah. Um, there's a company out in the Midwest that I can pay to do the research yeah. to find the tartan of, from Kirk and then have them go find the material, etc. And I really love just to have get that sh picture from her of that book. Yeah. And be like, here's the Kirk's tartan. Now yeah. find me that. Let me yeah. pay you for finding the material, right. not doing the research that I already know where the answer is. I just can't get to the yeah, yeah, yeah. research. <clears throat> We're down to our last question, and this one is a standard one that we always ask people, 
And that is, what is your favorite fun fact or did you know that you like to share with people? Feral cats are oh. the biggest problem with our bird populations. Our friendly household pets that we call cat, indoor cats, and then we let out, like to hunt birds for fun. And they are the reason that our songbirds are all but gone and mm. many native birds are missing in the United States. Yeah. In Australia, they are starting to decimate populations of reptiles by the day. Oh. There are now population I see why you're chunks. interested in it. Yes. <laughs> there are population chunks that have literally lost full populations of reptiles to because the feral cats. Feral Australia has started installing the funniest looking fences you've ever seen, but they're built in such a way the cats can't climb them. And so Australia oh, yeah. is doing what their part in trying to stop Australia doesn't have cats. Cats yeah. don't exist in the Australian ecosystem. It's literally man-delivered yeah. cats. And so yeah. all of those wild, fair cats are just because people let them go. And the po local populations are not built to survive for that predation. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Fascinating. See, I didn't know that. So, All right. Well, thank you, Lance, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to get to know you a little bit, thank to you. learn about your whole reptile world that did not even something brand new for me so I appreciate it and thank you listeners for tuning in to Voices for Conservation staff chat don't forget to tune in to this month's break for conservation on telemetry until next time keep smiling